That was a great dinner. So great. Wait, where'd you park the car? Oh, the one I just sold at Carvana. What? When did you do that? When you were still looking at the menu. I went on Carvana.com and all I had to do was enter the license plate or VIN, answer a few questions, and got a real offer in seconds. They picked up the car already? No, I parked around the corner. But they are picking it up tomorrow and paying me right on the spot. Oh, no wonder you picked up the check. Yeah, about that, uh... We we're going halfsies. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. Welcome to episode 11 of the Lexicon of Life podcast. My name is Lexi. As always, it's so good to be here and to be chatting with you guys. I'm sorry if this episode is going to be late again. I have just been inundated the last few weeks and yeah, the podcast has just slipped away from me. So as you all know, if you've been listening, this is a place where you can take back time in your business and become your favorite self in life. So today we're going to be talking all about friends in business and if it's a good idea to get into business with a friend or even just have them as a customer or a client. So before we get started, Let's talk about our word of the week, which I really love this week. Um, I stumbled across it earlier today, actually, and it ties in pretty well with the weekend that I had just gone. We had our uh, Bossa Football Club soccer presentation night. So, yeah, that was a bit of a big night for me. Um, It wasn't as bad as a few weeks ago when it took me like three business days to get over this hangover, (laughs) which ended up making me like pretty ill as well. So, This weekend, we stayed at the Hilton. Our presentation night was at the Hilton and we had like a really good time. It was nice to kind of see everyone uh, after the season wrapped up. So I'm sure that we'll be back at preseason again pretty soon anyway. So not much of a break in that sense. (laughs) Back to word of the week. The word of the week is pot valor or pot valiant. So it's P-O-T, like pot dash valor, V-A-L-O-R. So what does pot valor mean? Well, it means for someone to be courageous as a result of being drunk. So I think that fit in pretty well with the weekend. Um, we had a few pre's, obviously, getting it uh, ready for presentation night. And it just ended up being a bit of a crazy night. And, you know, you get a bit like tipsy and over the top and all that. when <laughs> You've had a few drinks. So pot valor or being pot valiant is basically like the boldness and the enthusiasm and the confidence that you get resulting from drinking alcohol. So whether you need just one or two drinks to kind of feel a bit more confident, maybe going to that person at the bar, or you just feel like you can, you know, scale the wall or something if you've had a few too many. Pot Valiant is, you'd be Pot Valiant is what that um, that phrase would be. That would define you in that moment. So I think that's a really good one. I'm going to actually use that in real life and see what everyone says when I do bring it up. We're like, oh, you're being really pot valiant at the moment. Or that person has a lot of pot valor because they've had a few drinks and they're feeling pretty good and they're looking like, you know, going out and dancing or whatever. Hopefully when we get more restrictions eased in South Australia, honestly, just bring back dancing, people. Moving on. So that's our word of the week, which is so fun. So please use it. And our small business corner. So this week I actually just met one of the co-founders of this business today. 
the small business corner of the week is Taboo Period Products. So it's a South Australian business, a social enterprise, actually. Uh, these two girls that were in high school together, Eloise and Isabel, they actually uh, started this business in their final year of high school. And they just realized that a social enterprise business model was something they were really into. And they kind of went into business together wanting to basically eradicate period poverty around the world, which I think is so incredible. And obviously, you know, the name as well, Taboo, they're trying to actually diminish the stigma behind how we talk about periods and menstrual cycles and stuff like that. So I think that is really just a killer, like, could you be any, like, just more amazing in your life and contributing and giving your time and energy back into society. I think it's just fantastic what Eloise and Isabel are doing. So they've been doing it for a while now, but they, um, you know, were just working super hard for the last few years trying to get it off the ground. And they worked basically on donations um, to get their first uh, lot of period products and their sanitary products out there. And now they are available, I think, in a lot of OTRs and uh, Foodlands as well now stock taboo period products. So I strongly suggest if you're listening and you have, you get your period or you are on your cycle, you should check out the uh, sanitary pads and tampons by Taboo. Their purpose is to eradicate global period poverty and improve menstrual well-being. And their mission is to sell period products in Australia with all company profits, education initiatives and advocacy efforts dedicated to eradicating period poverty through systematic and social change. I think that is so fucking awesome. And I can't wait to see how much they grow. They've already grown so much and I'm sure it's just going to keep getting bigger and better. They also have a podcast, which is called The Flow. So I suggest looking that up if you want to listen to all things period and endo and all things related to the female organs in that sense. So I think what reproductive system So, yeah, I think they're just doing some amazing stuff for supporting the human experience and giving everyone equal opportunities. So shout out to you guys at Taboo doing fucking awesome. Keep it up. So today's topic is all about friends in business. So there's a lot of people I know that are in business with their mates and, you know, I've heard, you know, stories of things going badly and things going, you know, well, it all is kind of relative to the business and the industry, but I really wanted to touch on, I personally, if I have a client as a friend, like, I guess let's dive into if that's a good or bad thing, what you should do in certain situations and yeah, how to not fuck up friendships (laughs) because, you know, you need to have that stuff, I guess, separate as well from business. So we actually went to our, well, I posted on social media on my personal account uh, a question for my followers, which was, would you ever get involved in business with a friend? And 34% said yes, and 66% said never, which I found pretty interesting. So that was 44 people said yes, and 86 people said never, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. And then the follow-up question was, should you ever take on a friend as a customer or a client. So it's that different, I guess, level down from them being directly related to you in business, but can you bring them on or, you know, take them on as a a customer or a client? 64% said, why not? So yes. And then 36% said no. And I actually put a little question box and said, if no, why? I would love to know. 
So I got a few responses, which was cool. So someone said professionalism lost. So I'm guessing that means, you know, obviously if you bring in a friend that is or someone you already have a relationship with, you might be more lax with that person. You might be a bit more casual and you could actually lose a bit of business integrity in a sense as well, because you know them already, you have that relationship. So it can be a little bit hard, like gray area in a sense. So I understand what this person is saying. Um, someone else has said, unless they have an attitude to grow and take on constructive feedback. So I guess her answer was like, no, I wouldn't bring on a customer or a client in business or even just working with someone in business unless they can actually take on constructive criticism. I think that's a really good point because you do need to be able to have a safe space to chat with your friend and have that relationship that's super strong and you can go back and forth, especially if you're feeling uncomfortable. You don't want to feel like you can't go to them if there's something wrong or there's something that you feel isn't right or isn't working. Another answer was don't mix business with your personal life, which I think a lot of people agree with and but at the same time like it can be difficult because especially if you're a startup or you're starting your business you kind of do rely on your friends and family to market your business and to find you customers or clients or whatever you do someone else replied depends what your business is but in real estate for example having family as vendors is pretty difficult so I understand that I guess yes it does really depend on your business, your industry, and what you're doing and what you're selling. So, um, for example, this answer is related to real estate. I would definitely understand that because if you are, you know, uh, trying to help a family member out who's selling their house or they are tenants maybe of a rental property that you might own, it can be really difficult and, you know, almost intimidating to go up to them if there's something wrong or something's not going right or they have maybe high expectations for particular things in terms of selling. So in that instance, yeah, it can be hard, but they come to you because they trust you. So it is very difficult. But if you feel uncomfortable, you shouldn't feel like obligated to (laughs) go to them and, and bring them on as a client. So we'll get into that. Someone else has replied boundaries uh, and failed expectations. It never ended well in my experiences. So uh. I feel really bad for this person. Um, That sounds really terrible. Like I have heard some pretty bad experiences with people, uh, friendships falling out over business and money and all kinds of things. It gets very convoluted and it gets very hairy very quickly if uh, one person or both people don't agree with with something that is going to be happening in the business. So you really do need to set boundaries straight away and I guess – finding expectations that are going to be achievable uh, for the both of you. And however many people are involved in the business, usually it's it's partners, like two or three. So everyone needs to have their own role and a uh, very clear outline of what their roles are. Uh, someone else has answered uh, many reasons, but one being you feel like they only reach out when they want something. So this would be obviously in regards to taking on a client, a friend who's a client or a customer. So it could even be something within the beauty industry. Like if you sell a particular product or you are a makeup artist or a hairdresser or something, or you're a beautician or whatever, it can feel like they come to you only when they want something. And usually it's when they want something for free, which can be pretty shit. And um, I've had friends that have had that experience with other friends and they're like, oh, you know, I only 
see this person when they want their makeup done. And usually they don't want to pay me or like, oh, just come over or like come with us. Oh, by the way, can you bring your whole makeup kit? Like I've I've had those conversations before, unfortunately, with people. And it's just a bit shitty because you do like people realize they're like, am I being used just because of my talent or my skills or my services? And yeah, it just gets pretty like it's a shit feeling. So we'll get into that as well in just a moment. So the final answer that I'll pop up here is anything to do with service-based business. No, it can go so wrong. So I would have loved uh, a little bit more on that, but it's hard when you've only got a certain amount of characters to put in a response box. But I agree, especially service-based, it can be really hard to bring on friends and family that you may not, you know, you want them, especially if they come to you, you, you want to be able to say yes and help them out. But where do you go with the invoicing and the payments? And what if they're expecting that it's for free? Like it just gets really, yeah, intimidating. And, and like I've, I've had that as well. And I've had that experience where I just didn't know what to do. And I felt very conflicted because, you know, you are using your time and that is your money. That's like your service is, is everything. So time, energy, whatever. So, and your skills. So do you charge the full amount? Do you give them a mates rates discount? Like what, what's the protocol? So that's what kind of what we're going to be discussing a little bit uh, today. So we're going to be touching on a few things today, which one of them will be going into business with a partner, with, with a friend. If you're bringing on a client as, or you're bringing on a friend as a client or a customer and what you can do to make the most out of your friendships within business. So We'll go on, I guess, the the trickiest one, which is getting into business with a friend. So this is quite common, obviously. It's pretty good. You know, you talk to your friends and you're like spitballing ideas and you're like, oh my God, we should do that as a business or like, you know, whatever you're doing. So it'll be something like you make scrunchies or you do face masks or something or whatever it is just off the top of my head, say you go into business with one, your best friend. Okay. So you both know how each other works in terms of friendship, but you actually don't know each other that well until you get into business bed together. So things can get, I guess like reality will hit you pretty quickly when you realize that business is a whole nother ball game compared to just being someone's friend, because it's like living with someone you know, uh, a lot of people and, and my friends, especially, they say, I don't ever want to live with a friend or my best friend because it can go to shit very quickly. And it's interesting that, you know, you think you know someone, obviously, and you may know them very well, but you don't really know someone until you get into those situations where things like money and things like responsibilities come into play. So it can get like you need to have everything kind of laid out straight away and in a legal sense as well you need to have things ironed out pretty well before you even start thinking about getting your business uh, together so if you're really serious about starting a business with your friend or you have a business with your friend and it may just be kind of on the cash things can get you know you can actually produce a lot with your business pretty quickly so it's better to have all those things in place in terms of bank accounts yeah all your finances legal contracts and stuff drawn up partnerships as well. It's super important to have written down that everything needs to be in writing because if you don't and everything goes tits up, 
you <laughs> will be left in the lurch and you can be left high and dry basically. And you may even be like owing money uh, to the government or whatever. So you need to really be on top of those things. Um, so I would definitely speak to an accountant, speak to a solicitor that may be able to help you as well or a barrister and talk about it with your friend as well. You, you need to make business decisions together. So that's kind of my first bit of advice. If you're thinking about going into business with a friend or you do have one, but it's kind of on the cash, you need to really iron that stuff out before things, um, you know, because you, you may start booming and you may get all this growth and all that, which would be fantastic, obviously, but you need to have all that stuff ready to go because if it does happen, it's just going to be hitting the ground running and you don't want to be chasing your tail for those things. Another really important part about getting into business bed <laughs> with a friend, I'm just going to keep calling it that now, is things going sour. So obviously there's a lot of stories out there of um, people, especially like partners as well. So I actually was in business for my uh, dress hire company, 808 Threads, with my boyfriend. So we probably had been dating for about a year and a bit when we got into business together. So I was 22 at the time and he was 21 and we actually got into business together and um, his dad as well. So they were my silent partners and I ran the operations and we started a partnership together. So we had all that stuff organized. They were really great to work with. And I did have a lot of people come to me and say, oh my God, like, what do you mean your boyfriend is your business partner? Like you just started or like kind of just started dating. Isn't that a bit weird? Like, don't you think that's a bit risky? And like, I totally understood where they came from too, because yeah, on the outside, it's like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, you can't get into business with your partner who is like really your boyfriend and you're so young. But I knew like we were, we were really good friends before we started dating as well. So for me, it was a no brainer. And I think his having his dad there as the third party and uh, the third partner was really good because he kind of, he could be that, I guess, mediator or something if there was something going on. Not that anything did go wrong, but I think it was good to have him there as a bit of a backup in case we broke up or something like that. And we needed to discuss business and I didn't want to see him or he didn't want to see me, whatever. So I think it was good to have the third person involved. But obviously not everyone has that luxury to have uh, their father-in-law or, or a third party uh, involved in that sense as well and investing. So I understand the privilege there and I feel so lucky that we were able to have a successful business for three years and then sell it and give them their return on investment. So I was really happy with that. Obviously, it's not the case for everyone. So I understand the privilege but yeah, it was just the, the comments I was getting, you know, and I understood, and I guess I would say that to someone that, you know, looking on the outset that, yeah, don't do it, <laughs> but I had a good experience. So it just depends, I guess, on the people involved. So I was really lucky with them. They got their head screwed on. They're pretty easy to talk to and our lines of communication were really open and transparent within the business. So they knew their roles, which were more on the accounting side and mine was obviously operations, day-to-day, -day, marketing, customer service, all that stuff. So that's what you kind of need to do. You need to have everything kind of ironed out, all of the job descriptions ready to go, this person's role versus this person's role, where things are going to be, you know, where there's going to be crosshairs, if any, that come up and where you're going to overlap in those particular roles and, and those operations and, and stuff like that. So you really need to look at what is everyone going to do day to day and what are the expectations. So don't have 
you know, oh, all right, decided a business. We want 10K followers by the end of the year and we want to see 10K months. So, you know, that's just impossible targets. You need to actually have proper KPIs and proper, like, what is your ideal return in how many years? Like, how many years are you going to basically get even with uh, everything that's that's going out and, and stuff like that? So, you need to sort that shit out. And I would suggest going to an accountant or a financial advisor to really put that stuff into perspective in terms of the cash flow, the money that you need to spend, things that are coming in and out, all that's mumbo jumbo <laughs> uh, turning into the She's on the Money podcast at the moment. Nah. <laughs> so that stuff, yeah, I think is really important because money is going to be the downfall of your business. If, if there is going to be a downfall, the first thing and the major thing is going to be money. It's like anything, any relationship, money will ruin things. Same happens with couples. Like it's just money becomes one of the biggest factors in arguments. So any relationship. So you really need to have that stuff uh, sorted out before you get really serious about the business. But if you're all good to go and you're happy to be, you know, with your friend doing this stuff and you trust them and you know your roles and you're comfortable talking to them about things that may come up that are really uncomfortable and, you know, maybe you want to take the business in this direction and then you can actually compromise with them. I think that's awesome and that's it's really lucky. Not a lot of people get that experience. So, and you can trust them as well, which is the main thing uh, because the business is your baby. And you've got obviously a lot invested in it. So you need to be able to trust each other with this said baby, (laughs) business baby. So let's move on to something that is probably more common than getting into business bed with your, with the friend is actually having your friend be a customer or a client. So this can mean mates rates. It can mean that you do stuff for free for them. They expect something for free or, you know, it's can be really difficult to navigate friendships within business and and where to draw the line, basically. So I think firstly, if your friends don't respect you as a business owner and that you have a bottom line at the end of the day and you have bills to pay and there's things that you need to tick off your list financially and respecting your time, they're not really your friends. I'm here to tell you right now. If they don't respect you as as a business person, There's no way that they're going to help you not even just grow in business, but grow in life. You need to just get rid of that person. (laughs) Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but if they don't respect you, what you do, they don't respect your craft and they don't want to pay and they don't see because they don't see the value in your services at the end of the day. If they expect to get something done for free, then it's different than offering because you can offer getting something like giving them something for free, that's totally fine because that's your prerogative. But if you know feel like they're expecting things for free or you feel obligated to give them something that's super heavily discounted, that you end up losing money, you're losing time and you're losing energy, you need to fuck that person off because they're just going to keep dragging you down. They're going to drain your systems. They're going to milk everything that you have because you're just too nice and they can see that and they see that as a, as an opportunity to actually take advantage of you. So what do you do if there's a friend that comes to you for something, whether it's a service or a product that you offer, and you don't want to give them a discount? Well, that's totally fine. You're the business owner. It's totally up to you. 
But if they kind of feel like they deserve a discount or whatever, or you're kind of doing, they are doing you a favor by <laughs> buying from you, they can fuck off um, <laughs> in, the, in the long and short of it. But you basically can explain to them that you run a business, you have bills to pay, you have to pay for these products and services, you have all these things to do with your time and energy, and you don't actually need to justify anything to them. You don't owe them anything. You don't owe anyone anything. Just remember that. So you're a business person. It's up to you to decide how to go about it. But essentially what I would do is if, for example, they come to you and say, hey, I'd actually love to, you know, someone came to me for copywriting for a website. Like, hey, I'd love to get you to do my website copy. You know, I'm starting my new website or I need new copy for the new website that we're building. Um, can you do it? Do you have the capacity to do it? And then I would say, yes, here's my rates. You know, well, first I would actually ask how long the project would be. And then I would ask, so yeah, how long is the project going to be? And then give them a quote based on that. So if they say, oh, actually, this isn't within our budget, which I fucking hate that because everyone has a budget. It just depends where you see the value in putting your money. So that's a load of bullshit. If they say oh, our budget is limited, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But you spent this much on other shit in your business. That's basically meaningless. So questionable, <laughs> but you know, you need to actually just stand your ground because say they're taking up 10 hours of your week. So it's a 10 hour project and you're charging them a discounted rate. For example, $40 an hour, let's say, throw that out there. I'm going to work $40 an hour for 10 hours. That's 400 bucks. Okay. Quick maths, right? So <laughs> You're working for $400 for a project that, you know, you actually want to do well because it is your friend. So you don't want to do a shit job because then they're going to be like, oh, they did a shit job. What the fuck? They're actually not that good at their job or this and that. So you actually need to do the quality stuff if you were charging $80 an hour. So you're putting in the $80 an hour effort for $40 an hour in return. So you're losing money. You've lost half money, half of the money that you would make. So say there's another person that you don't know comes to you and says, oh, I've got a website project and I would love for you to do it. It's a 10 hour project. You would say to them, yep, no problem. I'm $80 an hour. Here's the quote. It's $800. And then you realize, fuck, I don't have the capacity to do that job because I'm already doing this other job at 400 bucks for my mate. I could be earning $800 instead of $400 Because I said yes, because I felt obligated to give my friend literally half price of my hourly rate than someone that I could actually be doing that and actually receive the $80 an hour. So you've lost $400 essentially by taking that other job for your mate and taking up your time and energy when you could actually be doing that $800 project instead. So I think that's a really good way to look at it in a sense, because you need to, even if like, say you do have a friend, all right, my prerogative would be, I'll give them a discount. Not that heavy though. I would not, I would never give anyone 50% off because that's just a waste of my time and energy and my skills essentially. So I would, you know, knock off $20 from the hour. So I'd do a $60 an hour job for them. But then I would go, okay, but I can't do it in this tight deadline. I need this long because I actually have other jobs that are priority over this because I'm earning $80 an hour for every other job. 
Whereas this one is $6 an hour, so you need to give me more leeway. They can't just get this job done straight away. So a bit of compromise comes into it. So you could say, hey, yeah, all right, I'll do the $60 an hour job for you, but I can't give it to you by that deadline. It needs to be a week later or two weeks later or whatever it kind of fits with your schedule. Whenever you can actually do it, that's going to be like, all right, yeah, all right, I'm good to go. Let's do this. So you need to make that compromise in terms of the time. So because you've made a compromise on your budget and, you know, you're trying to fit with your friend's budget, which is like really nice of you. You don't have to do that, but you are. You can say, yep, but I cannot get it to you by then because I've got all these other jobs and they're higher paying. Like that is really the bottom line at the end of the day. And I don't think you need to overly explain it because it should be pretty clear that, yes, that's your priority. At the end of the day, you run a business. You need to make money and you need to eat. You need to fucking put petrol in the car. You need to pay for your shit. You need to do stuff. Like it is all about making that fucking bread so that you can get fed. Another thing when you're thinking about the rate that you're going to charge this friend, you need to realize, is this going to be a one-time thing or are they going to keep coming back to me for more? So for makeup, for example, you could do a makeup job for 50 bucks, but you usually charge a hundred bucks. And you think, okay, yeah, do that for my friend. That's nice of me to charge $50 instead of $100. All good. But know that they're going to keep coming back to you because you're offering such such a cheap and affordable product and, and service, really. So you need to kind of look at it in advance before you even do this particular thing or you quote them on how much something is going to be, whether it's a product or a service. You need to think about, is this ever going to come back and bite me in the ass? And is this going to be a continual thing or is it just a one-time thing? So I've had a friend that I've worked with before and I helped them do a tender proposal for her business, her family's business. And I knew that that was probably going to be a one-time thing because I generally don't really do tender proposals anymore. I used to, but um, I wanted to help my friend out. She's my one of my best friends and I knew that she just needed a little bit of help kind of putting everything together. So I helped her out there, but I know that, you know, in her line of work, I'm probably not going to be someone that they're going to keep coming back to in the future for particular things because she works in construction and property. So that's not really something that I would be doing, but yeah, it's, it can be hard. You just have to really listen to your gut and navigate and figure out, is this going to be something that's going to be reoccurring? And if so, then you need to figure out your pricing from there and what you're comfortable with as well. Now onto the third and final point I wanted to make in terms of friends and business is actually you use your using friends. So rather than we've spoken about obviously getting into business with friends, friends coming to you to use you for your products and services, it's time to now flip the script and look at how can you use your friends uh, to help with your business. So obviously relying on friends to market your business is a little bit full on, like you don't want to be relying on them, your friends and family and pestering them. to, you know, share your stuff and comment and tell people and tell the world about your business. But it's nice that if they do that, obviously, it's good word of mouth for you. They they know people that you don't know. So, and then so on, those people know people and, and whatever. And that's how word of mouth marketing really works well. But asking them to promote your business, especially when you're starting up, I think is fine in terms of, you know, sharing on, on Instagram or giving you a bit of a shout out or whatever on socials, I think is pretty safe. There's no real risk in it for your friends. 
and they're not really getting that involved in your business. So I think that's pretty cool uh, if they can help you out or if, you know, if you're listening and you have friends that run small businesses, I encourage you to, you know, always be commenting and sharing and liking their stuff because every small business owner knows that it is really difficult to get recognition and just have people share your stuff. So I encourage you to do so uh, if you're on social media in the next few hours just and you see a friend that has a small business, just share it. I'm sure they will really appreciate it. So coming back, I guess, to yeah, relying on your friends, you don't want to be that annoying person that's always saying, hey, can you share this? Can you do that? Whatever. So you need to be careful with how you're marketing your business to your very close friends and family. Uh, when you're starting out, I guess is a really good way um, to build your portfolio, build your experience is by getting your friends, you know, giving them the free stuff. Say you've got a particular product that's coming out. Um, let's say a face mask, for example. So like the ones, the hydrating ones that you put on your face, not an actual face mask that you wear for COVID reasons. <laughs> so if you have, yeah, like a sheet mask is, is what it's called. Say you're just launching this new product. You don't really know how well it's going to go down with a lot of different people. Obviously you've had it tested and you have done all the right things in terms of the science behind it. But in terms of the user experience, it's good to test a beta testing with your friends and family. So just get them to do, give them the free product, get them to give you a testimonial or a review, tell them to put it on Google or on Facebook or whatever. That will actually give you something as a launch pad for your business, especially starting out, is a really good way to get the word out there, get tangible testimonials that actually have been told by real people and not just like you basically testing all your stuff out. Like that's just, you know, it's pretty transparent, obviously. So you need to be able to, you know, just get the real, real shit done or even just give your first best friend, for example, say you've got 10 sheet masks, give them five and say, Hey, give this to four of your friends, keep one for yourself and let me know what they say or give them my number. I've got my card or whatever. I'd really love to hear their feedback. And that's how you get that organic testimonial and you get the ball rolling on the promotion because they could end up talking to other people, talking to their friends, whatever. And yet word of mouth is king, I think, in marketing. Uh, you can do it with digital stuff. But I think word of mouth is really good because, yeah, your product will basically, if it speaks for itself, then other people will speak for it as well. Yeah, so I think talking to your friends about your business is super important as well because you kind of need to share that experience. Um, it can be really lonely, especially if you're a sole trader business owner, it can be really tough going through the motions and feeling like you're alone and in particular things, especially when it does come to marketing, it can be really hard to know if you're doing things right, you know, and getting feedback, honest feedback from your friends is crucial. So I get my, a few of my mates to actually listen to this podcast. And then they told me, you know, especially in the first few episodes, what was wrong, what was right, what needed improving, what I needed to add. So yeah, it was really good for me because I asked for the feedback and I didn't bite their heads off when they did give me the feedback because I asked for it and they gave me the honest reviews. So I, it actually did help me improve this podcast immensely. And I'm sure that you can hear it even in the audio quality now versus episode one, two, three, four, five, even. Yeah, things will just keep improving, but it's because of my friends who gave me the harsh, honest truth, which wasn't even that bad. Like it wasn't mean or anything. It's just something that you need to take on and you need that constructive criticism when it comes to your business. So 
if you see, you know, a friend's website isn't that great or, you know, there's a spelling error or something or, you know, their Instagram bio needs, you know, a little bit of fixing up or their packaging isn't that great or sustainable or whatever, giving them feedback, even if they're not asking for it, give it to them because they may just be so blind, you know, small business owners are really deep, you know, laser focused on their business that sometimes we miss, we miss stuff. You know, it's like if you read the same page 10 times, you know, you end up scanning and you end up missing those finer details that then someone who's never seen it before picks up on all these different errors or all these different things. So all the typos, you need to actually have someone that's looking at your business from a third party. So if you do, you know, you have a friend that has something that's, you're like, oh, should I say it? Should I not say it? Say it, like do it. Tell them because they probably have no fucking idea and they will be super appreciative when you actually bring it to their attention because if you're seeing it, other people are seeing it. So you might be the one that's told them, but 50 people may have seen it and that might be the thing that actually turns them away from their business because of that spelling error or whatever it is. So that's just, you know, how I would do something is telling someone there's a spelling error. So in a sense, if you're like, oh, should I, shouldn't I? If you, like, would you want to know? And you probably would. So you should just use that as a marker um, for telling your mates, hey, like, you know, this is what I think. Don't obviously take my advice or whatever, but here's what I think. Take it or leave it. And that's all you can do, really. And you just need to say it in a nice way so that they don't get offended or whatever. Because some people are like, oh, it's my business, blah, 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 whatever. Just shut the fuck up. Take on <laughs> the criticism and move on because people are trying to help you at the end of the day. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. I can't believe I rambled on for so long about those three particular points. But reiterating, obviously, if you're getting into business bed with a friend, Make sure you have all your legal and financial shit in order because it can go hairy real fucking fast. (laughs) So definitely get that stuff sorted ASAP uh, before you do anything. So I think that's really important. Obviously have a business name as well. Yeah, you need to, you know, if you're bringing on a friend as a client or a customer, you know, if you don't want to give them a discount, make sure that you stand your ground. You don't owe them anything. Just remember that you are valuable and your time is valuable and you are owed the amount that you sell your product or service. So they should essentially be putting their hand up and saying, I'd love to pay for this full price. Okay. But if they are, you know, if you're happy to give them a discount, that's your prerogative. So just make sure that they know that you're giving them a discount and that it may not be a one-time thing. So at the end of the day, you need to make your bread in order to get fed. (laughs) So yeah, that obviously the second point and the third point is making the most out of your friendships to help with your business. So giving your friends some freebies. If you are building a portfolio, I wouldn't encourage giving anyone freebies if you are not comfortable with it, as I mentioned earlier, but it's a good way to build uh, your testimonials if you are a startup or starting out. So that's probably like asterisk on that. Give only freebies out if you want to or or a discount if you really are desperate for uh, some real life product or service testers in that sense and build up your experience as well, of course. And don't be annoyed and don't hassle them if they uh, don't want to market your products and promote your business or whatever. So it's not there, not up to them to keep marketing for you. You need to do the shit as well. Cool. So that wraps up our little podcast for today, episode 11. 
Before we go, I want to acknowledge and pay right respects to the Ghana people, the traditional custodians of these lands and waters where we live and work. We continue to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. And as always, this advice is general in nature and based on my own personal experiences. So take it with a pinch of salt and apply it to your life as you wish. Thank you so much again for listening. It has been a pleasure chatting with you guys. I hope that you got something out of this podcast episode in particular. I know that I did because it's been a real journey so far. And yeah, I can't wait to see if you guys actually enjoy it. Please uh, leave a review as well. So thanks for listening. This is Lexi from the Lexicon of Life. Remember to get that bread so you can get fed and be your favorite self in life. Best wishes and warmest regards to you all. Ciao for now.